What's up, guys? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview entrepreneurs on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Today's guest is Jasmine Quinones, a badass content creator, skateboarder, model, singer, you name it, she can do it. And the entire Thrive team is super thankful we get to work side by side with Jasmine on a regular basis. In this episode, she brings a motivating story of how to adapt to change and make life something you are inspired by every single day. So if you're looking to try a new creative endeavor, pick up a camera, or learn how to edit a video, she should be the next person you reach out to. So let's tune into our creative side and vibe with Jasmine Q. What's up, fam? Super hype for this podcast to welcome Miss Jasmine Q. She's been helping us this summer as a part of the Thrive team with her amazing talent behind the camera, but now she's in front of the camera too. And if y'all don't know, she's super multi-talented. So I'm really excited to get through this story and hear a little bit more about yourself and then share it with the world. So how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. How are you? I am well. Now we always kick this off with a little bit of a first question hook. And for you, one of the questions that I had first was, have you landed a kickflip yet? Nope. And I'm very, very upset about it because I try pretty much every time I go to the skate park, I try and try and try and I cannot for the life of me land a kickflip. It is the most frustrating thing ever. How long have, one, how long have you been skateboarding? And then two, how long have you been trying to master this kickflip? Oh my God. Well, I started skateboarding when I was like 11, I think like 10 or 11, I started skateboarding and I had a pretty long gap years where I didn't skateboard. So I think I was skateboarding from like 11 to 15. And then I stopped skateboarding because I was like, oh, it's not something that girls do, whatever. <laughs> so I stopped because I was like, I'm not going to be cool in high school if I skateboard. So I stopped skateboarding. And then I recently kind of picked it back up when I moved to Austin because obviously I met people who skateboarded here. And so I've been trying for like the last six months or the last five months, like pretty consistently trying to get it and I can't get it. And it's really, really annoying. It's like my feet just won't cooperate. So if it makes you feel better. And I mean, we, we skated together before. Yeah. Um, I could do a, a lot of tricks. I know. But if you ask me to kickflip, I can't fucking do it. And I don't know why. Like heel flip, good. Like varial heel flip, good. Yeah. Launch over cones, good. But the kickflip is always tripping me up and it it's kind of like I feel like it's a microcosm to life because it seems like a lot of times the simpler things are harder than even the harder things once you get into it but what actually inspired you to get into skateboarding in the first place because this is something that hits near and dear to my heart because yeah. I was skateboarding from like age seven to 16 gave it up for 12 years and then now we're back to it yeah but for you what initially inspired that honestly I can't even remember because it was so long ago that I started skateboarding I don't remember exactly what got me into it I don't know if it was skateboarding videos or I don't know I was always picking up random little hobbies like ever since I was younger I feel like I would always just pick a new hobby to like be fixated on and then I would just fixate on that for like the longest time and I think skateboarding just came from I think I probably saw a video or something. I don't did, even know. Did you know. watch the VHSs that would come out, like yeah. Thrasher and oh Volcom and stuff like I that? I had one skate. I had one skate VHS that I got at like a random skate shop. It wasn't even like a branded one, I don't think. It was like <laughs> a random VHS. And I would play that freaking video like almost every day to the point where like I memorized like every song that came up on the video, like all the tricks that they were doing. I watched it like constantly did over. you did you play tony hawk's pro skater oh ever? of course i did yeah i played to that was my favorite video game it was tony hawk's underground 64 or on ps it was on i think it was on playstation yeah oh man i love this the, those are those are the good old days and i i remember vividly sitting in my living room watching eric costin go through different cities and street skate because that's what i was obsessed with um was really cool and then me and my friends would try to mimic that in our little suburban neighborhood oh, yeah. Yeah. but tell us a little bit about so where were you skateboarding where did you grow up and I started in Florida so I started skateboarding because I used to live in Florida so I was born in Florida used to live there and I was skateboarding for like I think the last year or two that I was in Florida 
And then when I moved up to New England, so I moved to Massachusetts, to Boston, and then I started going to the skate parks near where my dad lived, there was a skate park. And so I would go there like every weekend, he would bring me there every weekend. And it was kind of, it was kind of sad because I never had anyone to skateboard with. Like it was just me, I think obviously, cause like I was a girl. So like, I didn't have any other girlfriends that were skating. I didn't even have any other guy friends that were skating. Like I was just kind of me by myself skating. Um, and I went every weekend to like this one tiny, like super tiny skate park. And I just kept going there. Do you remember the name of it? No, I don't. But I remember where it was. It was in Weymouth, Massachusetts, like South Shore, like 45 minutes outside of Boston. That's where my dad lived. And I literally don't remember the name of it at all. I think it was just such a small kind of like dingy little park. And I would just go there all, all the time. Hey, that, that's what it's all about. Yeah. What actually, why did you guys move from Florida to Massachusetts? So we moved from Florida to Massachusetts because my mom got remarried. Okay. And so my stepdad lived in Boston. So because, I was about to say, that is a huge oh, yeah. Big switch jump. up from yeah. 100 degrees and humid to oh, yeah. the Boston weather. It was definitely weird. And we lived in, um, in Florida. I lived in a little small town called Lakeland. And it's like, there's nothing there. So to go from that to like, now I lived in the city, it was like a pretty big switch. But like, I was 10. So I didn't really like... Yeah, you didn't. You I, I kind of really it, didn't like but. feel so much of the impact. I was like, okay, cool. Now I'm in Boston. Great, and that was it. And now I think about it, and I'm like, damn, that was a really big leap. Like, so when you when you first moved there, what was kind of like the biggest, I guess, hurdle? Because like moving at any time in your life is difficult, but when you're a kid and you have to leave friends and stuff like that, what was yeah. kind of like going through your head when you were moving into this new city? Because yeah. I know your story, and you obviously now you're in Austin, yeah. so. One of the things, the reason I'm asking this question is there's a lot of people out there that might be in a spot where they don't necessarily feel confident enough to move or to adjust or to adapt. So when you were younger, do you think that inspired, what did you feel then that maybe inspired you as an adult to be able to move out as well? Was there anything that you can kind of interconnect? I mean, I think that in my life in general, there has always been change. Like just things have just changed, like like really big changes like that, like moving from Florida to Massachusetts. When I was 10, I feel like that was a very influential thing because it got me used to like, okay, things in life can change on a dime and you can go live in a completely new place, but you're able to adapt to that new place. And I think that I've carried that with me as an adult to the point where I just, I just think I'm very adaptable to like moving to new places because I see it as like, okay, well, if I move to a new place, like I'm just in a new place. Like it's, it's, there's no really like overthinking it. It's like, you're, you're here and you're just kind of make do with what you have in a new place. And it's just a new opportunity to explore new things. And I think that that's just something that I've been very good at is like, just kind of things changing and me being able to like just adapt to what's around me. Cause I feel like I always also just lived in like more of the present moment instead of like thinking too much about the future or thinking too much about, I'm always like whatever's in front of me is what's in front of me. And that's kind of the only thing that I am able to like, I mean, that's so focused on that's right so now. empowering, especially in today's world where people yeah. are doing the exact opposite. Oh, it's yeah. always like being on social media or if, if I'm here in this present moment, I'm looking at somebody else somewhere else and wishing that I was there. And fortunately, as kids, we didn't necessarily have to go through that. I, I feel somewhat saddened by what kids have to deal with nowadays because they do have access to that. Yeah. Where it's just like, you were going to skateboarding every weekend. Like, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. Versus kids now, it's just like, how do I get more followers every weekend? Or oh, how do I Snapchat my friends? So like, sad. It's a crazy different world that, that, yeah. that people live in. But... W- so I know you as a creative and like one of the best creative people I've, I've ever been fortunate enough to hang around. Was that always the case or was that groomed? Uh, I think that was always the case. I, since I was like, you know how I was talking about how I'd always have like random obsessions when I was younger, like every obsessive hobby that I did have was always tailored towards something creative. So when I was really little, it was like, it was drawing. So I always loved to like draw, do art, paint, cartoons, whatever. And then that kind of evolved into writing. So then I would just write a ton of stuff. So I literally, when I was like, I think when I was like nine or 10, I wrote like a 200 page like book or something like novel. Where'd this thing end up? <laughs> on a floppy, you remember floppy disk? <laughs> it's like on, a, it was like on a floppy disk and I don't even Windows know. Windows 95? Yeah, literally. <laughs> I was like on Microsoft Windows, just like 
typing out this like super long book, but I would start a lot of different random little short stories. So I would write constantly. And then writing turned into, I think the next thing was music. It turned into music and then it turned into skateboarding. And then eventually when I was in college, it turned into video and photo. So I think I've just been evolving creatively since I was like literally like four years old. Like so you remind me of yourself. I always get like obsessed with something and I completely, it gets to a certain point where I just completely drop it and shift to something <laughs> yeah, else. Yeah, move to something what else. Is, what is the weirdest one that you've had? And, and I'll tell you mine. I don't know if you've ever heard of Crazy Bones. They're like these like, it, it was oh. simultaneously happened with, with Pokemon cards. They were like these little like, caricatures that yeah. I would literally get my mom to take me to bookstores and like trade these like little, I, I can't even explain them. They're made out of plastic <laughs> yeah. and you would like battle with them or some shit. They're called crazy bones. Um, That's so funny. if anybody out there, if this hits home with you, please connect with me over crazy bones. But <laughs> no, like what, what can you remember that maybe is like one of the weird, weirder yeah. ones? Oh God. The weirdest one I think was when I had a period of time where I would make these clay dragons it's so <laughs> nerdy dude it's so nerdy but it's like why dragons because at the time i was reading i also loved to read like i would just immerse myself into like all these like really long like fantasy novels i think i was just super dorky when i was little and so i was reading a lot of like air you remember aragon did you ever hear of yeah, yeah 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 the dragons, like aragon yeah. i was reading all these books about like dragons and all these like mystical whatever creatures and so then I don't know why I decided that I wanted to make clay dragons. So I would like, I literally would go to the art store, like pick up like a huge chunk of clay and like clay tools. And I would just like try to mold these little dragons that had different personalities to them. So they would each be holding something different. It was so weird. Like, and now when I look back on it, I'm like, why the <laughs> hell was I doing that? But I did that for like a solid, like four weeks, I think. And but then, it, I, then I just, but that's the beauty of it. It is like, Every time I think back to those times, I can relate it to now. Like a skill that I learned doing that weird little thing yeah. turned into something right now that helps me in my in my day to day life. It's like even like with the crazy bones, like I learned how to like barter with other kids because <laughs> yeah, you were true. like we didn't we didn't have money to trade each mm -hmm. other with these little figurines. We would decide which one was good and which ones we wanted to give up and which one yeah. we wanted to keep. So. It's funny because like you see in our business every single day, we're always contemplating every single day is like, oh, we got this new project. Do we want to take this on or is yeah. what do we want to do with it in the future? Like, is this a long-term thing or a yeah. short-term thing? And it's crazy how those skills add up even from your childhood. But so you were, you grew up in Boston and then where'd you end up going to college? I went to UMass Amherst. So okay. it was like in Western Mass. It was like a big party school. So I went there all my- Why'd you go there? Because it was like the, it was the school that everyone from my high school went to. And it was one of those schools that it was still like a good reputable school. And it was on the cheaper side. I say cheaper, but it really wasn't that cheap. Um, but it was a state school. So I just went there because out of all the colleges on my list, it was the cheapest and it was the most accessible because it was only like two hours from my house. And I don't know. I think part of it was like following the crowd and another part of it was like, well, I can't go to my dream school was like University of Miami and I couldn't go to the University of Miami because it was too expensive. Why was that your dream school? I think I just wanted to be in the warmth, honestly. <laughs> I, I don't think it had anything to do with education or and nothing like Isn't that. Isn't it I, funny how we think back? Like right. you, you think back and you're like, it should have been about education. Like, Yeah, it was nothing about, it literally was just like, I want to be in Miami because I was so tired of being in the cold. It was depressing. It was dreary. So I wanted to be in Miami and then I got in, but it, was way 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 too expensive so i just had to settle kind of for like umass amherst That's it's kind of it's kind of funny we have similar stories like i went to Rutgers only because i really wanted to go to penn state and my family went to penn state my dad went to penn state but it was it would have cost me like 100 grand yeah and exactly. that's why i didn't end up going there but to the to the warm weather point when i got to austin texas and aaron went to get her masters here i was like thank god i didn't know about schools like this because if i would have went here dude it would have been I like i can't imagine having like access to sixth street and pool parties and I all know. the things that they have access to while they're studying like Rutgers was like half the year is really cold so it kind of forced you to just stay inside and stay warm and study and like do what you needed to do yeah. we didn't have kind of the resources uh extracurricular activities yeah. um that the warmer weather schools but that's interesting that 
I think you have a similar story to a lot of people. And that's what one of the things that inspires me for education is money should never be the issue. Like when it comes to education, like, first of all, I don't necessarily understand like the in-state out-of-state thing. Like whenever that started, it's just like, how are you charging someone more just because they lived in a different place? Like the education is exactly the same. It's the same. So it doesn't make sense to me in terms of like, a business standpoint, it would be like this is it would be like me me charging someone more to consult them if they live in a different state. Like I just I don't yeah, I don't get it. No it's the same consulting, yeah. right? But because they live somewhere else, I have to charge them more. Like yeah. it, it just doesn't. That's a whole sidebar topic. Yeah. I don't want to get into. Um, but so you you end up going to school. What did you, what majors did you end up choosing? And the reason I ask you this question is because obviously like you're super creative. So. Did you go the creative path in college or no. was it completely something different? No, I was like, I literally went to college undecided. Like when I first went, I didn't even have, I didn't declare a major at all when I went. And then I think like halfway through freshman year, I think it was, I declared nutrition as my major. <laughs> and if anyone knows me in real life knows that I literally could not give a flying shit about nutrition because it's like, I, I think I just picked that because I felt pressure to either go into something health related or something. Where was the pressure coming from? I, my parents, I think they were like big influence. Cause my mom is in the health field and my dad is in the health field. And then my stepdad is, uh, more in the business field. So yeah, there was just a pressure to like not go any type of creative route. It was either like the only way you're going to make your money worth it is if you do health or business. And I don't know why I took a, a liking to nutrition. I thought it was interesting. But then a few classes in, I was like, wow, I suck at this. I was like, I was terrible at math. I'm terrible at chemistry. Like everything that had to go into nutrition, I was like, I can't even do any of any of these things. So I had kind of like a, a point where I had this like mental breakdown of like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And then I had two friends in college who were like, why are you doing nutrition? Like, it doesn't make any sense. You're, you, that's not what you like. They knew that I was more creative because I was into music a lot at that point in my life. And after I had that conversation with them, I was like, okay, yeah, you're right. Like, why am I doing nutrition? That makes literally zero sense. So I then ended up declaring a major in communication, which was like the broadest you know, major that you can have, but it was the only major that I felt like I could pursue something in the realm of media. I was like, okay, well, I'll study media because I knew that I liked something in that realm. I didn't know if it was photo or video yet, but I, I was like gravitating towards video and my school did not have like a solid a film major. They didn't have photography. They didn't have any of that stuff. They had a film certificate that you could get but the film certificate was like, okay, yeah, you take five classes in film theory. And you pay us $10,000. Yeah, you pay, <laughs> yeah and you pay us all this money. I didn't even declare a film certificate. Like I literally just stayed with communication and I minored in psychology because I thought psychology was really interesting. But that's kind of like the progression of how that happened. And then it wasn't until like my junior or senior year that I really was like, oh, I want to do video. Like I want to do hands-on video. I want to make videos. I want to edit, like whatever. But yeah, that didn't come until like the later half of my college education. And, and I think you were you were right at the cusp. And one of the reasons that I even asked you about a little bit more in depth of college for you is because we kind of live in the the era of where creativity and content are now a legitimate thing yeah. versus when, when I was in college, because I'm, what year did you graduate? I graduated 2017. Okay, yeah. So you're four years behind me. Um, so when I graduated, like Instagram had just came out and like yeah. just started. People were taking pictures of their beers and shit, right? Yeah. You couldn't send DMs. There was no stories or anything yeah. like that. So a career in content and creating and producing content on a daily basis just wasn't a thing yet. And then even in 2017, I guess you're at, you were right at the cusp of, okay, it's starting to become a thing, but is this a legitimate thing? And you're constantly fighting that. And now obviously today, like people make a healthy living with content, but run us through a little bit about once, once you figured out like nutrition wasn't your thing, how did you initially pick up the camera? Um, I think my inspiration to actually pick up a camera was, 
I was like on YouTube all the time. Like my, so my junior year, um, I started watching, you know, like the, the era of travel videos when like travel cinematic videos, <laughs> travel were, vlogs. Yeah. Travel vlogs were becoming huge in like 20, I think it was like 2016, 2015, 2016. They started popping up on YouTube, like all these travel films. And I ended up stumbling upon like, you know, Sam Colder and, there was this guy, his name is Rory Kramer, and he directed a music video for Justin Bieber. And it was a music video where Justin Bieber was literally just in Iceland, but it was like beautifully shot. And I was like, I remember watching that video and I was like so mesmerized by like how it looked and how he was able to capture it. And like, it just looked beautiful. So I remember watching that and I was like, I want to make a video like that. Like I want to go travel and like make something like that or I want to edit like this. And then I started trying to figure out ways to go do video with like a camera and, and editing. And so I picked up an internship at a television station when I was a junior in college. So I picked up an, yeah. How did you get that internship? How did I get that internship? Honestly, I think my ex had a, I think my ex had a job at that internship prior to me having a job at that internship. And I think I saw her doing that and I was like, oh, I want to do that. That's cool. So I think I had a, I think that's how I got connected with it. And then I did that for like a semester where like I just was going into the television station and I was learning like Adobe Premiere Pro and I was able to rent out uh, some of their cameras that they had in their like little gear closet. So I would rent out the cameras and I would play around with them and try to make stuff and like try to convince my supervisor to like let me go and shoot whatever it is that I wanted to shoot with the cameras. And then I would come back. The only catch was that I had to edit something for their television station, whatever they were broadcasting. Like that was the only catch. He was like, okay, you can go rent out this camera and like go shoot something, but you have to edit something for our platform. Like whatever you make. So pretty much what we're doing to Jake right here. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. for those that can't see, Jake is literally like crouched on his <laughs> knees right now shooting us. Yeah. Um, and the cool thing about being here is we, we give them everybody has access to all the equipment yeah. that we have. So that's super cool. And I think that's inspiring to other people because a lot of people limit themselves in terms of, I don't have the equipment or I don't have the resources to go right. start figuring these things out. And I like the, the way that you kind of went about it, where it was, I'm just going to, instead of trying to collect it myself, I'm just going to go to a yeah. place that already has what I'm looking for and start just testing it out. And so you're watching these YouTube videos. When did you think legitimately this could be your path? Because I think a lot of people, they have that initial, especially people like ourselves where yeah. we get attached to things, yeah. but then we drop them. Yeah. And it's a scary thing where I knew for me, like in entrepreneurship, I had this tingling to like become an, an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And the thing that scared me was, okay, if I go full into this, like I'm constantly shuffling and, and juggling things and letting right. things go is that a problem yeah. um and it slowed me down in the beginning versus you see me today where i just if i drop something i drop something i just keep going full yeah. head of steam into something else but that was a learned thing so for you thinking back in college and you're starting to intern was there any like specific moment where you thought okay this is what i want to do or was it still kind of gray area um, I think once I started messing around with a camera and once I, I think once I made like my first like edited piece, I can't even remember what the edited piece was. Like I have no memory of what it was, but I think once I started like editing together my own little videos, I think that's when it clicked for me. I was like, this is so much fun. And every time that I do it, it's completely different. So I think that's what kept me going with with video is because I was like there's just so many layers to video there's so much to learn there's so many different things you can do with it it's not like I have to stick with one thing you know so I think that kind of made me feel like oh wow like this is something that I really want to do that I just want to keep doing and I don't know it just like the passion for it never died like it just it never went away it never died like it just kept getting stronger the more I dove into it because it was one of those things where it's like obviously when you start out video you're, you suck. Like you're totally terrible at it. And I think seeing myself figure things out and like get better at what I was doing only fueled me more to like keep going with it. Cause I was like, Oh damn, I was able to create this or like, Oh wow. I'm, I was able to make this shot look like this. That's really cool. And I kept going until I just like was able to reproduce the things that I was seeing like on YouTube. I think it's cause I had a goal, I guess I was like, I want to make videos that look like that. 
And so you just started like, and this I is I literally a, just yeah, started. I was like, I'm just going to do it. Like, and I had no resources either. Like you're talking about the resources yeah. thing. I, I've never been one to have access to like cameras. Like I literally didn't get my own camera till I was like two years into the process. There was a period of time where I didn't even have a laptop. Like I would go to the library and I would like rent out a laptop to try to edit or I would go stay at the library and edit on their computers and I would stay at my job like over time just to work on their computers because I didn't have anything. I had no camera. I had no laptop. Yet I was like putting out videos and people were like, oh, damn, she's like putting out videos. And I was like, yeah, I don't even have anything of my own. And I still carry that now with me, like having very little resources. Like people think I have all these lights and all this like new updated gear. And I'm like, I don't have any lights i don't have i have not updated my gear since i bought my first batch of gear like what almost three years ago now and i started on a gopro like i started shooting on a gopro and i would make these like cinematic travel videos on a gopro and people were like you shot this on a gopro and i was like yeah i just would run around with a gopro like hanging out of my mouth or like on my head or something like that and i would just make all these videos people were like what the hell? I was like, she made that with a GoPro. And I was like, yeah, dude, because I have nothing else to make videos with. So we're just. So everyone listening, <laughs> that two minutes right there, if you can apply that to your entire life, right. like you're going to have an amazing life. That's an yeah. awesome story yeah. right there. And I think that stops so many people from even going after what they're passionate about because we yeah. all kind of have this itching feeling of knowing what we like to do. But we always then combat that with, well, I don't know how I'm going to do it. Yeah. Or I don't know how I'm going to get the money to buy the thing, to do the thing right. versus just working with what you got and building momentum and just starting. And this has been a discussion we've had all summer with Jake and, and his brand into the uncomfortable and just getting it started because it just needs some momentum and you just slowly keep building and building and building right. over time. And it's super impressive for me because I never even knew that for people watching and who understand who's on our team and what we're doing. The cool thing is we get to learn something new about each other every single day. That's one of the biggest reasons I like surrounding myself with ambitious, gritty, driven people is you always learn something new about their story that can then be applied to your own story. And that just reminds me even now because we do have more stuff, but right before this podcast we're talking about what's the new camera that just came out oh the sony a7s3 yeah and yeah. how much is it it's like 3500 dollars. so immediately we're just like all right well how the fuck do we make 3500 dollars? Yeah. and then we upgrade to the next level and i think that's where i started viewing like content and creativity and gear and all these different things on a level where it's you use what you have until it's limiting you right and like then you have to figure out the next thing. And I think a lot of people out there, they don't even start. So the limiting factor is themselves. It's yeah. not the actual equipment right. versus a good instance is we have like these headsets on. Well, I used to use lab mics for my phone, but that was a limiting factor because like the quality and the conversation, like things would just go wrong and it was making it super awkward. And I just wanted to level up the experience and I wasn't the limiting factor anymore. I had gotten semi-decent at hosting an interview. Yeah. And once I got semi-decent at it, it was like the limiting factor here is the actual equipment. And I think a lot of people in the beginning, they think the limiting factor is the material item, yeah. but they need to look in the mirror and the limiting factor yeah. is just their self. And I love that story. So Jake, make sure you cut this, um, <laughs> this, this little story right here yeah. because any creative can definitely, and any person in general can, can take that advice and run with it. How did you actually get your first gear though? Because I oh, think, yeah. again, a lot of people think that it's just glamorous. Yeah. And that's what I think. Like, I don't even know. It's just one of those things where I, I felt so like frustrated by the fact that like, it is really hard to obtain video gear and camera gear, especially because like two or three years ago, I was like, I wasn't really making any money. That's why I was shooting on my sister's iPhone. And then the and then I was shooting on those little like digital like point and shoot cameras from like the early 2000s I would like take that out and shoot with that because I couldn't afford to actually buy a camera so I was just trying to use whatever I could to film stuff and then the way that I 
I finally felt like I was like, okay, I feel like I'm limited now in the gear that I have because I feel like I'm getting to a place where I could make something really good if I just had a legitimate camera at my disposal, but I didn't have the money for it. So what I had to do was I had to apply. I applied for like a credit card that had, I don't even know what the limit was on it, like 4,000 or something like that. I applied for a credit card that had no interest for like two years, I think it was. It was a pretty good credit card. I bought my Sony that I still use now. So my Sony a7S II, I bought that camera with that credit card. And since it was no interest for two years, I was like, okay, I'll have two years to like pay off this camera without any interest on it. So that's kind of how I bought my first camera. And I started learning how to use that. And I just kind of like gradually had to like pay it off. Um, so yeah. for those that are listening, like no interest means like she's just making a minimum payment every single yeah. month. And this is a trick that I've used um, before. And here's an even, yeah. here's another trick is if you do that and then you like, say you get two years in and you still have to pay off mm-hmm. and interest starts accruing, you can get another credit card and then transfer, transfer the balance. Yeah. So like I've done that like twice. Mm-hmm do this very calculated. She did right. it in a way that, um, just giving, I'm not a financial advisor or anything, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> you can do that and just know that do it in a calculated manner. Don't yeah. buy stupid shit with it. Um, but that, that's an awesome story as well. And I think a lot of people don't even think about that. So they yeah. don't actually learn like what they could utilize to get to that next level. Yeah. What was your first paid gig? Oh man, what was my first paid gig? Ah, I don't know. My first paid like freelance gig, I think honestly it might've just been a wedding. Like I think it was a wedding. I like second shot for a wedding and I was like super scared because I was like, didn't really know. What was scary about it? Because I just didn't like, because it's a wedding. Like it only happens, (laughs) like the fact that I threw myself into like, okay, I'm going to shoot a wedding as my first paid gig. Like a wedding only happens, everything in a wedding only happens once. You can't like redo the takes or anything. So it was like, if I fucked it up, like I, that was it. Like I had no other shot. That was like one of the first gigs that I did. I think that I got paid for. And I'm trying to think of the other one that I took solo. God, I don't remember what it was. It was probably something and it was probably awful the way it came out or something like that ah damn i don't remember what it was but i know but was it really off like the the reason i asked you is our perception of awful and like Uh the consumer is always a little bit different so when you were doing your first gigs what was the reaction from the consumer was it as bad as you you thought it it was was always good honestly like most of yeah that's what's actually funny about it's like i look back in those videos now and i'm like that video was so bad. Like there was nothing really that great about it. But then, yeah, the consumer, like the the clients that I would have, they were always like super happy with like the end result. They were like, oh, this is great. Like, love this, like blah, blah, blah. But it's, yeah, and it's just funny because it's like, I'm always like super nitpicky about my work. Like I, I look back on it, like I can edit something today. And then like in the next two weeks, I'll look at it and I'll be like, I hate it. Like, I don't even like it. It's not good, blah, blah, blah. But all the people that I've worked with in the past, the majority of them, like 99% of them have been like, I love it. Like, it's great. I like it. And there's nothing wrong with it. And it's just me who's like pretty much nitpicking every single thing that and that's, I do. But that's what, ma- that's what makes that your thing. Yeah. And that, that's why it's so special to you. Because like, again, this, this podcast, I've had people give good feedback, but then I hear it and I'm just like, every single time, I'm just yeah. like, okay, I need to do this better. I need to do that better. I need to open up a little bit better here, not ramble there. And I think... What we have to try and do though is, and I'd love to ask you this question, is there's such a fine balance between being a perfectionist Mm -hmm. and being unrealistic with your expectations. So for you, have you found that in your creative journey, has there ever been a time where you've had like unrealistic expectations that's held you back? Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, every time I go into making a video, always have unrealistic expectations I always like picture stuff in my head being like so grand and so like you know this project is going to come out exactly like this big idea that I have in my head and it never turns out that way but I always go into projects like it's the perfectionist mindset that I have it's like I I always want to produce something that's like mind-blowing to my standards and like mind-blowing to my standards is like freaking like Hollywood film when it's like most of the things that I've shot 
there's always imperfections with it. There's always stuff that goes wrong. There's always stuff that I'm like, oh, the story wasn't there or the, the shot that I wanted didn't come out good or the lighting was bad. But at the end of the day, it's like I'm able to put together stuff that's pretty good and that most people are like, wow, this is really good. This is amazing, like blah, blah, blah. But in my head, I'm like, ah, oh, but did you see that little thing that I messed up on there? Or like, oh, but this color on this shot was, was bad or there's no story or whatever. Like I'm always coming up with like, how do you <laughs> how do you combat that though? Like, so I know for me, there's things that I do in my life to yeah. like go for a run, go work yeah. out, dance. We were talking about dancing yeah, earlier yeah. and how COVID fucked that up. Yeah. We like to dance and just, I mean, y'all have seen me after I get off a call, I just start blasting music and yeah. just, I integrate these things into my day so that I don't basically nitpick myself yeah. to death. Mm-hmm. Is there anything in your life that outside of skateboarding and using your video camera, what are some of the ways that you kind of like take a chill pill and allow yourself to just not have to be perfect. Oh man. I mean, I think I'm still working on that. I feel like, I feel like that's been a really, really big problem, a really big issue that I feel like that's probably one of my biggest struggles is like, I'm always very hard on myself and I always feel like I have to do X, Y, Z things perfectly, whether that be on a skateboard with a video camera, even like in my relationship that I have now, it's like, I'm always very, like, if I do something wrong, I'm always, like, beating myself up for doing this one little thing wrong. And I'm like, oh, I suck, or I'm never going to be good at this, or, like, I'm never going to be able to make something that looks like this, or I'm never going to be able to communicate in the right way. Like, but, I mean, I feel like the ways that I'm able to combat that in the best way possible, I think, have just been, like, being more mindful or or things like that, or, or kind of taking a step back and being like, okay, can I look at the things that I've done right? Or can I look at the things that I did well? Can am I able to sit back and be like, okay, I'm actually proud of myself for things that I did versus like I'm constantly beating myself up for all the things that I did wrong. Where do you think that stems from? I don't know. I just, I'm someone who's very sensitive to criticism. Like I've always been very sensitive to criticism, but I try to play it off like I'm not because I'm like, oh, I'm not a sensitive person. Like, <laughs> I think you know, we all do that. <laughs> yeah, we all do that. And, and I'm, just like, I'm like, oh, I can take critiques, like blah, blah, blah. But it is really, I think I'm just very like hypersensitive to like criticism and critiques. And when someone tells me that I didn't do something right or that I messed up here, it's like destroys me inside. But I try to like keep it cool, but it really does just like, it, it's like, damn it, I'm a, fi-. like I just spiral. I don't know where that comes from. I think I'm just. I think, so if I were to like interpret it, I think, I mean, because I see your work, like it's world class and you're always pushing a new level. So when you're pushing to a new level, it's hard to give yourself kudos because every time you get to a new level, like there's something wrong, but you mastered the last level. And that's where I have a similar issue just in other areas. Like I'm not that great with a video camera. Like I love creativity, but I'm better (laughs) at other things. Um, So I do it as more of a hobby, but in the other areas of my life, I'm the same way where like right now I'm running and trying to getting under a six minute mile. And I was beating myself up because like 18 year old me can run a 5:30 mile, like nobody's right. business. Right. Yeah. Um, but I had to like, kind of take a look at it. It's just like, okay, like where am I at today? As long as by the end of the week, I made a little bit of progress. Like that was a level up. So yeah. I think just from watching you and you're always pushing the limit. And when you push the limit, it's hard to feel like you accomplished anything because there's always something new to be like, there's a new piece of gear. There's a new shot that I want. There's a new person that I just met that I want to collaborate with. Like there's always something new, just like you said earlier with that, the change when you're a little kid, just being adaptable and being interested in change. And I do have some advice on the the criticism thing. And shout out to my buddy, Corey Lawson, Claw Athletics. Um, We talk a lot about sports and like the man in the arena and something for you. And we were kind of chatting about this the other day with videography and dealing with clients is unless they're in the arena, like that's someone that I just don't even take criticism from. And then also stepping into receiving feedback from the people you actually look up to. So literally not really taking feedback from anybody that doesn't have any experience in what you're doing. Now you can listen to their feedback, but I mean, don't take it to heart is to clarify. But I think especially in the industry that we're in, when we're trying to please our clients, it's a very hard thing to do because they think you can just whip up these things so 
easily, so easily and efficiently. Yeah. And they think, oh, this is only going to take 10 minutes of your time. They don't see you. We have you on camera. Yeah. They're just funny saying, I will literally sit here and edit for 10 hours straight, yeah. right? Yeah. But 10 hours costs has a cost to you. And a lot of people don't understand that. And where I'm going with this is I think a lot of people out there don't necessarily understand how much time actually does go into it. Yeah. Have you ever taken a step back and looked at like how much hours you've actually spent? Like if you could if you could look at the past five years, like how much time have you actually put into your creative work? Oh my God, like hours. I, I don't even know. That's like I can't even count it. Like I couldn't even begin to count the amount of hours I've put into it. Cause I'll I will spend twelve to sixteen hours on like a thirty second video. Like and people think that it's like 30 seconds and it's like oh that's a 30 second video that that shouldn't take that long but it's like if you really look at the level and the layers of like what you're doing and what you're what you're trying to achieve it's like that takes a long long time and I've spent you know so many hours editing I've spent so many hours shooting I spent so many hours just learning like on YouTube and stuff like that and it's like it just it's just like anything else you, yeah. you when you get that job out of college you got the job because you spent the time the four years yeah. getting the degree and I think the reason I even had you explain a little bit of that is because people don't give creatives enough credit yeah. and I see it and it's one of the reasons that as an entrepreneur I'm very attached to creatives and yeah. one of the reasons being is I see how much effort they do put in to get better and better and better yeah. and it frustrates me because I see other people not putting in that time and then because they don't put in the time, they don't understand it. Yeah. And then that's where I think the conflict happens. So wh anybody listening, if you're, whether you're a corporate freelance, small business owner, what I'm speaking about right now is if you're using creatives, like please take them out to lunch and take them out to dinner Seriously. and thank them because one, they're putting in a massive amount of energy to produce something for you and your brand uh, or whatever you're working on. But two, like a lot of them are beating themselves up behind the scenes because they're just trying to do it as best as they, they possibly can. But let's shift this a little bit into what are you up to today and what's inspiring you? Yeah. What am I up to today? Well, you know, I'm still taking video gigs and, and working with clients when I can. Um, but I think what's more so inspiring me now at the level that I'm at and the place that I'm at and obviously hanging out here with you guys at the the Thrive HQ and kind of, you know, I know that you put a really big emphasis on education. And I think that that's something that I've really, really liked, like even like when I first started, like I've, I've always liked to share knowledge and to educate. And, you know, I know that, you know, now you guys know Charlotte, shout out Charlotte. Um, she's one of my friends who does video and she hadn't picked up a camera until like two years ago, I think. And I was the person who helped her kind of like gain the confidence to like pick up a camera. And I was there answering her questions and I was there trying to like guide her to like, this is how I've learned. And these are the mistakes that I've made. And now I'm, I was kind of helping her figure out like, how can she excel quicker than I did? Cause like when I was doing all the stuff that I was doing, I wasn't even like, I had no one really to like teach me anything. So I was kind of like learning and failing and learning and failing like all by myself. So I think having that experience with her and like seeing how much she's progressed as a videographer and as an editor, just by her watching me and just by me kind of like feeding her little tidbits that I've learned over the past couple of years, like, that has really inspired me. And now I kind of want to move into more of like the education space and more of the teaching space, especially because there's just not enough women out there who look like I do. There's not enough of us like putting ourselves out there and like teaching. Cause I feel like it's really important for people to learn from people, not only who look like them, but are, but who feel more accessible to them, who feel more relatable to them. And I think that has just really, really inspired me. Like the last, like, few months like I've really kind of stepped into damn like I want to teach now like I really get a lot of joy from just like showing someone how to do something or giving a little tip on Instagram and people are like hey thanks for the tip that was really informative and I'm like damn that really filled my cup up like I really like that and I think that that fills me up more than doing videos crazy, for clients right? it's crazy yeah it's weird because it's like I thought that I was like damn, all I want to do in my life is just film like badass commercials and film for clients and film for brands and make little mini movies. But it's like, 
I really like that stuff a lot and that does fill my cup up in a way. But I think what has fulfilled me even more is like seeing someone progress and seeing someone take the stuff that I'm able to teach them and like they just go forth and they just like flourish with it. And it's like really, really cool. And it's really, really cool to have people, you know, send me little messages on Instagram and they're like, I would really love to learn like color grading from you or like I would really I have a question about like this gear I have a question about how you did this and like that for me is so awesome to see because I'm like I just want to help everyone I'm like three years ago I was like I was struggling all my videos looked like trash I didn't have anyone to go to I didn't have anyone to ask and like when I finally did find people that I could ask questions to um, I realized how important that was and I was like, wow, it's really nice to be able to have someone to like, the, who's a little bit better than you and a little bit more experienced than you to like actually ask those questions and to like get guidance and things like that. And I think me doing that for someone else is like, that made me feel really good inside. Like I really, really enjoyed that process. And I really, really enjoy watching them like go tackle something that they were afraid to do previously. And then like, just do it, just have the confidence to do it. And like, It's a currency that can't be felt, yeah. can't be touched. Yeah. Like, it gives me chills when you say that because it was it was similar for me. My pathway into like being my own boss was personal training because people yeah. were asking me, "Hey, can you help me with my nutrition and my exercises?" And that was great, like starting to make money on my own yeah. rather than my salary. But what fired me up even more was when other personal trainers would be like, dude, how are you doing your thing? And then I would sit down in a coffee shop and yeah. show them because I'm a, I'm nerdy systems engineer. Like they weren't doing the things that I was doing to yeah. make their business better. I, and I, I would just research and just like you with YouTube, I was reading a ton of books on like, how do I structure my business better? This is where it's going. And then when they would come to me and be like, wow, like this is awesome. I was doing it for free at the time yeah. and it felt better to do free work to teach and then see them go off and build their businesses than it did to actually run my business and exchange a dollar amount. Yeah. And that's when I knew that that's when Thrive actually started pivoting into this, me being obsessive with yeah. education and helping other businesses thrive because I would literally wake up earlier, stay up later working on someone else's thing and building their thing than I would like training my client because yeah. that wasn't fueling me up. So I can completely relate to that. And the other thing I think that people don't think about is you have to deserve that. Like you yeah. have to put in the time. And this is the frustrating thing for me, especially with social media, is the best teachers have done the thing, mm -hmm. right? But we've grown up in a society like college, like sometimes you have these teachers that haven't actually done the thing that they're teaching you to do. They've literally just been lifelong academics, but yeah. the, re the real world doesn't work like that. So if you're a videographer, a photographer, creative, the best advice that I would have or an entre inspiring entrepreneur is like, go surround yourself with people that actually have done the thing. Like Jasmine is an amazing representation of this because she doesn't have the top quality gear. She never did, right? We're still working towards that even though you're creating amazing work. Reach out to her, connect with people, right? Be educated by people that are actually doing the thing. And to continue with that, what advice would you have for someone right now that, again, maybe not, they don't think of themselves as a creative person or someone that can utilize a camera? What would your advice be to them that wants to just get started? I mean, my advice would be to, honestly, it's, it's literally just, it's one of those, like, it's, it's simple but not easy things. Like, literally just get just get started. You know what I mean? It's, it's one of those things that, I mean, don't feel held back by the things that you don't have, like stop spending so much time on, on social media and kind of just go out there and create something that you want to create with the things that you have. And I think that would be my biggest advice is just to stop making excuses for, you know, why you, why you can't do something or, or why this isn't working for you. Or like, I don't have the resources for this, or I don't have the time for this or blah, blah, blah. Just like, do something little like it doesn't have to be anything big I mean and I struggle with this too like I'm always trying to like do the biggest things in the world and it's like okay Jasmine like let's take a step back here like can we just like go out and shoot something for fun and like that'll probably teach you more than like trying to do some crazy shit that you want to do so I would literally just say like if you're not feeling like you're that good or if you're that creative or if you're frustrated with where you are just keep doing the little things every day and 
don't feel like you have to be it's the thing that you say all the time like don't compare your day one to somebody's like day whatever it is like 1000 you know and I think that that's the problem that a lot of people have now is like I always compare myself to people who are like okay you've been doing that for 10 years I've been doing it for like four you know that's like you have and what and what is doing it like you told us Mm -hmm. that you're spending 10 hours like working on these things. So some people yeah. do one hour. Like, yeah. so they say, oh, I work today, quote unquote. Yeah. But like they might've only spent one hour versus Jasmine stays up late. And yeah. like, so that's why you can never compare because you, you only you know how much energy you're actually putting into the yeah. thing. And I love, the word that I love most, what you just said there was fun. Yeah. And how can you consistently move the needle forward? But as soon as it's not fun, Right. It's not the right avenue. That's what I've yeah. learned the hard way time and time Seriously. again. If it's not fun, like yeah. you're not on the right street. So if you were to start today, say someone is like, I need a starter kit to yeah. be a creative, quote yeah. unquote. What would you what would you start with? Would it still be a GoPro? What 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 does that look like? Oh my God. I wanna give the cheesy answer and be like, start with whatever you have. You know, now, what be I mean? realistic. Like but realistically, like honestly, go someone for- that has like five hundred to a thousand dollars, like what should they invest in? Honestly, like I think GoPros are dope. Like not only because there's just like an easy it's an easy entryway to like if you literally are just starting and you're like, I wanna make a little mini story or I wanna learn how to edit or I wanna do this. Like I think a GoPro is super simple to work with because Usually when you're using a GoPro, like A, it's small, so you can take it around with you anywhere. And B, I think like the automatic settings on a GoPro are pretty good so that you don't have to fiddle with like any other complicated settings. Um, And I think it's a good way to, it's simple enough to get started and it's also limiting enough so that you have to kind of problem solve. Do you know what I mean? And I think that that's really important. I think creatives that are starting out, they're like, well, I want to get the latest camera that just came out. I want to get the Sony a7S III. I want to get the Canon R5, like these freaking $5,000 cameras that I'm like, you're going to get that camera and you're not even going to know how to use it. And then when you do use it, you're going to be like, well, this camera is like an 8K camera and my stuff looks like trash. And it's like, oh, it looks like trash because you haven't learned the basics of using anything. So use something that's much smaller, like a phone or like a GoPro. And the GoPros look amazing nowadays. So it's like, there's really no excuse for not doing it. And I think that literally starting with something small, like a GoPro, A, is easy and simple to use. And B, lets you kind of work with limitations to to your advantage so that you you know, like, all right, all I have is a GoPro. Like, I'm going to learn how to use the hell out of this GoPro and moving forward when I do get an actual camera I'm actually going to be better equipped to use this camera because I've already been so limited in the past so I already know how to work with limitations yeah two things there that come to mind for me is just building a foundation and the patience to build that foundation and I think a lot of people and this comes back to the fun everyone on our team has fun with the process, like every single day is we're focused on how do we continue to progress, but how do we keep this fun and continuing to build the foundation and not try to take seven steps when we really should just be taking one step at a time. And I think a lot of people struggle with that, even especially with creative, because you're always on social media or watching YouTube and watching these people that, I mean, they're putting out massively inspiring work. Yeah. And you're just like, how the fuck am I ever gonna get to that point? And I look at like, for me, it's the, the Tim Ferriss's, the Gary V's. And I'm like, man, I want to get to that level. But when I look back, it's just like, they just put one foot in front of the other for decades. And right. that's really like, I'm just obsessed with that process. We're close to wrapping up here. I think the last question I have for you is if you could have your dream gig, like say 20 years down the road, you know, you're going to be leveling up for the next yeah. couple decades. Like, what would you hope to be? shooting that day what would be the future of jasmine q what does that look like oh man i think a dream gig of mine would be literally just shooting something that's always been near and dear to my heart since i was little which i feel like is probably like a skateboarding commercial or like even like a like a i want to push myself to do like a more short film style like my goal is to like i want to shoot a short film but i also want to have elements of like a commercial and i also want to have you know, something that I love in it, like skateboarding. I think that honestly, yeah, I think that that's my goal is like, I want to make a little like short film that has like, what was the idea involved. that you had for, cause sorry to cut you off, but no, don't worry. you had this really cool idea with, was it with girls or what was it? Yeah. Uh, it was like a 
Vans. I was like a Vans mock ad or something like that. Is that what I was talking about? No, no. You were talking about like wanting to inspire young girls or it was something Uh around, was it diversity or I just really love the idea and I just put it in my head that I could definitely see you (laughs) doing it in the future where it, it, it was in relation to the education, but just inspiring young girls to go after what they want. I don't know. It was in, it was in conversation in a passing conversation, but it got me thinking because I mean, one that's at thrive, the education side of things is where we're trying to go, but it would be really cool to see like the Nike ad that just came out, Yeah, like something like that for women creatives and inspiring people to just pick up the, like I'm envisioning like you going from just picking up the GoPro to then a short film of like that, seeing like it would be super cool to see jasmine from gopro to where she's at now to then 20 years down the line with whatever the hell key is out by then because who knows but unfortunately we're at time i freaking love you (laughs) and everything that you were you were talking about there's so many good clips from this uh that i'm taking away and i think for me the the biggest thing coming out of this conversation was the whole like perfectionism versus continuing to enjoy the process and it's something that I struggle with on a daily basis and seeing other people struggle with it kind of makes it easier I would say because I know that I'm not alone and that if we lean in together we can achieve more and that's something that we always talk about here at Thrive and I want to continue to lead in that way and the one way that we lead in that way is to connect people so (laughs) anyone out there that would love to learn a little bit more of how to use a camera, how to edit, how to utilize music in your edits. Um, There's so much more that goes into it. I'll let Jasmine speak to that, but how can people best connect with you? Man. Well, I think right now the best place to connect with me is Instagram. It's uh, my Instagram handle is at Jasmine underscore Q. Uh, So that's J A S M I N E underscore Q. So I think that's the best place to connect. That's the place where I'm most active at least right now. So I think, yeah, shoot me a DM on Instagram and I will definitely connect with you. That's where I usually keep up with most people, especially in the video and photo space. Cause that's where a lot of us like put our, our yeah, portfolio, portfolio stuff. And what type of projects are you looking to work on? So maybe someone out there listening um, is looking for someone to fill a need for them. So what, what type of projects are you working on right now that someone could reach out to you for? Oh man, honestly, like I said, I do want to shoot like a little short film. I don't know what it's going to be about, but I want to shoot a short film. I want to bring awareness to, again, like I said, more people who look like I do. And, you know, so I know just being representative of, you know, you know, women, POC, LGBTQ community, like everything. So yeah, a short film, maybe surrounding one of those topics. I don't know. I want to do something like that. Uh, I think that that's something that would be really fulfilling for me to do and impactful. So I want to push myself to do that. So if anyone wants to help me storyboard a video like that, that would be super, super cool. So, Oh yeah. So you heard it from her herself, anybody out there that's looking to be creative and maybe create a short film around whatever you're trying to get into, honestly, (laughs) because we like to work on so many different projects um, and Jasmine has such a diverse background in what she's worked in. So I've seen it, I've felt it in our brand and I highly, highly recommend reaching out to her. But some of my biggest takeaways again from this conversation were juggling perfectionism and keep leveling up and having fun with it. Um, so one of the things that I've found, again, is surround surround yourself with other people that kind of get it um, and uplift you in the times that you need to be uplifted. But then the other thing that really hit home with me is being willing and open to change. Um, I feel, again, just seeing you and seeing your work progress over the years and then even coming in here, one of the stories that kind of gives me chills happened recently and Shani made those notebooks and seeing you in our group chat asking her like about like target market and stuff like that. <laughs> I and know. I felt like such a businesswoman. I was like, Oh, how are you going to market But that's it? adapting to change. Like you, is, yeah. you were growing as a creative and I'm speaking directly to people out there that might not understand business or creatives that want to, that aren't necessarily creative yet and are scared to start 
be open to change. And Jasmine represents that wholeheartedly. Um, so I don't want to ramble too much at the end of here. It's <laughs> been an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. And Thank I look you forward, for having me. I look so forward stoked. to uh, continuing to watch you grow and helping however that I can. So until oh, yeah. next time, y'all, this is CJ Finley with the Thrive on Life podcast. Thrive on, y'all. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. On behalf of our small team behind the scenes and myself, thank you so much for listening to another one of our Thrive on Life episodes. The time you spend with us is very much appreciated. As mentioned before the show, our mission is always to help those around us get better. We fully understand that we can go so much further in life together as a team, and we'd love to have you be a part of it. So if you're interested in joining our community, please head to thriveonlife.com and join our Mighty Network. Within this network, you will find a diverse group of people that is on a mission of self-improvement. Within each improvement we make as individuals, we can then be of service to this world and help it get better as a whole. What's awesome is we've already had people make new friends, receive job offers, and collaborate on new business and creative opportunities. But most importantly, within this group, you will be guaranteed the ability to learn, grow, and share experiences with other like-minded individuals. This aspect is critical to our world becoming a better place for everyone, and we are proud of our group because it represents this. For other updates on the podcast community and business, please join our weekly mailing list. We'd love to hear from you. And before I leave you, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.